The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 46, Non-Positional Leadership and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show, the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey of their own. I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'd like to personally thank you today for taking the time to join us for some leadership discussion and learn how we are operating our online businesses behind the scenes. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host. He's Michael Tanner. Michael, my friend, how are you doing this week, sir? Stephen, I am... I'm always good, you know, but I'm always excited. The two of us get together and nerd out on leadership and so forth. So I'm all set. I'm ready to go. And I see you, you're showing me there. It's a, it's a cool 113 oh, there in Arizona, isn't it? it? It's, it's frosty, actually. It's <laughs> Yeah, I had to put on a jacket. As you can see, yeah, I'm see wearing you, a long... you've got a long sleeve shirt, man. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was, you know, 116 earlier, so I got a little chilly. Wow. But yeah, life is going pretty well. Always good to talk to you, my friend, about leadership and behind the scenes stuff. And I'm looking forward to our conversation today. What's on tap for us? So I thought today we'd talk about, um, and I don't exactly know what to call this, except to call it non-positional leadership. Uh, or if you if you want me to explain that a little bit deeper, it's it's kind of this this leadership with the notion that you don't have a title or you don't have a position or you don't specifically have some type of authority over those people that you're wanting to lead. Uh, this can apply to leading upward. So uh, you and I, we've talked in past episodes about leading our boss, um, leading upward, but more it's, you know, leading a group of people when you don't necessarily have the, the you know, the organizational position or authority, or some type of title to do that. So I thought we'd talk about that today. How's that sound? No, that sounds sounds wonderful. And when you think about it, just from a leadership standpoint, every organization has leaders within it by role, by org chart, but the vast majority of every organization out there are non-leaders. And when those folks, yes. those people on our teams can figure out and understand how to leverage leadership in ways that gets the outcome and the result without having to be in a leadership title role or org chart, magical things can happen in the organization. I love it, man. Let's get into it. Yeah. You know, I hear a lot of people when they talk about leadership, they say everyone is a leader. And to some degree, I agree with that statement, right? You, you are leading other people for good or for bad. Sometimes you're a good example of a leader and sometimes you're a bad example of a leader, but you know, whether a husband and wife, right? So your spouse, in some ways, you're a leader in that relationship. If you're a parent and you have children, you're a leader in that, you know, child-parent relationship. Uh, your extracurricular activities, maybe, you know, you're on some sports team or something like that. And, and in some way, you are, we're going to talk about number bullet point number one here, in some way, you're influencing those people. And that, in, a, in, 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 in effect, is leadership, right? So I think the first thing that we ought to do is we talk about 
leading from a non-positional leadership standpoint, we ought to talk about a clear definition of leadership. And here's the definition that I have used for, for centuries now, it feels like. Um, and it's this, Influ leadership is this, influencing others towards a shared goal. Influencing others towards a shared goal. You have to have a goal. You've got to have a purpose, right? You've got to have others involved or otherwise you're not leading. Other people have to be involved. You have to share that goal. And, and I use that in two forms. You've got, first, you've got to communicate that goal. And secondly, it's shared in the sense of we're in this together. So as a leader, I'm in it with you. I'm sharing in the achievement of this goal. But the very first word there is influence. And the reason I use that is because I, I firmly believe that's what leadership is, and especially leadership as it relates to being in a non-authoritative type position, right? You have to influence other people if you want to lead from that type of position. And influence, it carries with it this idea of willingness, right? People are willing to follow you, right? You're influencing them. You're not making them do something out of authority or position, or fear, right? They're not doing it because they fear the boss will fire them if they don't do it. If they do what you in a non-authoritative position influence them to do, then they're doing that willingly. So first of all, I think we've got to recognize that good, clear definition of leadership, and we've got to do what is necessary, and we'll talk about it in future bullet points here. We've got to do what's necessary to influence those other people around us, what, whoever they may be. Influence is such a critical aspect for those that have the role and title of leader and more so for those who do not. And everyone has influence. Sometimes it's negative influence, but they have influence nonetheless. So people come to work, they, they give off this vibe, this People follow that. People learn to trust you. People learn to respect you. And those are just other ways of thinking about influence. Influence is created through these other behaviors that people become accustomed to with you, your personality, that respect level, that trustworthiness. You may not be a leader in org chart, but you may be, you may be a leader in your church. And through that, for example, you have garnered so much trust and respect, the influence, the silent, quiet influence that you have over situations and people cannot be understated or ignored. So you come to work, you're not in a leadership role, you don't check all of those traits at the door, those follow you in. We talk about this holistic life, about you can't compartmentalize work from home very easily at all, if at all. So what happens away from the workplace follows you in. And if that is the character traits, the respectability, the trust that people have in you, it will, of course, be felt in the workplace and have influence over others in the direction of the organization. Yeah, you know, Stephen, that, that is such a, you know, Good word there, and and I love the example that you that you gave around the the church because the the best place to look for these non position leaders is in voluntary type roles, right? Uh, and, and the church is obviously full of volunteers, right? So whatever work has to get done, typically inside the church, is getting done by a group of volunteers. 
They're not getting paid. They don't have some type of org chart. Yeah, sure. Certainly the church has staff, you know, paid staff members on the church and so forth. But a lot of the work gets done by the people in the congregation and none of them, you know, have these, these titles or, or certainly none of them have these positions of authority that, you know, that, that compel other people to follow them just because they have some type of authority. Right. And so that is a perfect example of influence that, that willing to follow you because you've, you're doing some of these next bullet points we're going to talk about next. The next thing I'll, I'll, tell you that you have to do, if you're going to lead people from a non-positional type role, you have to be an action taker. You have to take action. You have to do the work, right? You can't just, you can't dress the part. You can't just put on some fancy tie and a jacket and, and just, okay, everybody's going to follow me now. I'm the leader. No, no, no. You've got to do the hard work. Uh, you can't just talk about it. You can't just talk about being a leader. And you can't just talk about achieving the goal that we talked about in the, in the definition earlier. You can't just talk about achieving the goal. You've got to actually put in the work to, to achieve that goal. Because the people that are willing to follow you, they're willing to follow the action example that you're setting. They're not willing to follow just the words that you say, right? Go do this. Well, they're not necessarily willing to just go do that. But if they see you taking the action that you're talking about, then they'll follow that action. So that's the willingness, the influence that comes with these non-positional type leadership roles. You take the action and people will follow that action. So true. Absolutely so true. It's the old adage, actions speak louder than words. You said that uh, without using that phrase, but that's exactly what you said. And another thing that that means is don't sit in a room in a cubicle in an office and be a hypocrite. Don't do it. Not only will you not have influence as if you were a leader, you are going to absolutely undermine any respect and trust that people have in you. And I see this a lot with Really smart. I'll, I'll pick on engineers, uh, not because you're one, Michael, and oh, it's just. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> but engineers, for example, uh, I've worked at companies, not my current company, but I've worked at companies in the past where you have really smart engineers that have been part of a design or a product design back in the 1970s that they were on the initial design team that came up with this product that put it into production that saw it through no they could tell you anything about this product because they built it they designed it now they fast forward their career and now they're in year 38 of their career and because they have become so comfortable and living on those successes, they sit back in an office, they sit back in a cubicle, they're not in a leadership role, they're a technical expert, and they are not able to influence or leverage their skills because they are disconnected and they sit back and they just let the organization happen and they fail to use all of that for the good of team development, for, for other team members to learn, for people to get a history lesson, for the organization to come up with new ideas, because they sit back on their laurels and they have this 
thought of the company owes me something. And because the company owes me something, I'm not going to go give back to the company. If that's you, don't be that lady or gentleman out there that's like that, because that is the opposite. That is the fastest way to, uh, you may not get fired because the company has relied on you for so long. And if they've gotten ingrained in this behavior of, of allowing that, but I'm telling you, people that come in the organization that don't know your track record, don't know who you are, and they're looking at you as potentially a person they could hitch a wagon to and learn and learn and grow and develop. Wow, what a lost opportunity, both for the individual seeking that growth and development and for this non-leader engineer that sits back living on the past to keep paying the bills. And that's not a very good way to live your life. Yeah. You know, Stephen, I hate to say it, but you have pegged us engineers pretty well there, actually. Um, I, I see that all the time in the engineering world. And, and I'm sure it's true in other industries as well. But, you know, that person that you're talking about back in their heyday, right back in their prime, when they were doing the work, when they were taking the actions, when they were building that product that's now, you know, 20 and 30 years old, they had influence and no doubt they had other engineers, probably younger engineers that were following their lead, right? And so forth. But over the years, to the point you're making, over the years, they stopped taking those actions. They stopped being as active and energetic about doing the work. And when that happens, they begin to lose their influence. And those other engineers are now off doing some other project or some other project, and they're following someone else who is taking action. So when you stop, when you stop taking the action, you're going to stop having the influence to lead people by doing that. And then that leads us, if you're going to take some action, you've got to make sure that that action is leading towards or, or it's moving towards a desired result, right? You, you have that shared goal that we talked about. You, something equals winning. And that goal equals winning. And the actions that you're taking, it has to demonstrate that you're moving towards that win. You're moving towards that goal. You know, I think about this sometimes. <clears throat> you, you may have someone on your team that you recognize. They're always busy. They always seem to be going a thousand miles an hour. You know, these are the guys that walk, as they walk through the hallways or, or, or among the cubicles at your work, they're just I mean, they're almost running as they go by you because they're just kind of frantically working. And it looks like they're taking a lot of action, and they probably are. Unfortunately, that action is not leading towards the goal. It's not leading towards the win. And so it's not enough to just be busy, to just take action. You've got to make sure that the actions you're doing, the actions you're taking, is leading towards the desired goal, is, is providing for the team results that everyone is looking for. Yeah. When our employers hire us and they bring us on, they decide to pay us a salary. They're not paying us to take action. They are paying us to drive results. Action is a necessary requirement to get to a result. But so many people, you are so right on with this one, Michael. It's so many people spend their day looking busy, moving from thing to thing, cubicle to cubicle, building to building. 
in some way to demonstrate that they're not just sitting back and waiting for things to happen. But, and, and, and you're right, people look at them and go, wow, look at Bob over there. Bob is really just getting it done. And now the end of the month comes and Bob hasn't made any progress on his, on step one, two, and three of the project he's been assigned. And you talk with Bob and Bob says, I didn't get that completed, but let me tell you all the things I did do, all of which amount to what they say in the South, a hill of beans. Is that the way you say it? We do say that. Yeah. Amounts to a hill of beans because actions that are not directly tied to the outcome, the business needs, not what you feel like is the most important thing that you want to work on, but the thing the business needs to have worked on. People are good at motion. Motion does not create results. Motion creates an appearance of results. Sometimes it's a pacification uh, tactic or technique to feel like you're contributing in a way you're not. But motion in and of itself is zero value. It's got to lead to the outcome, the result. And that's why leaders have scorecards and check-ins and one-on-ones and, you know, the analytics and I want to see the scorecards. And that's why those things exist. It's to, it's to qualify and quantify that the actions mean something to the organization. So as a non-leader sitting in a cubicle or working on a machine or as an engineer or whatever that role is, think about things that you do and tasks that you work and always make sure that there is a bigger picture to the work you're doing, that the outcome it generates is something that the organization, the business, your leader puts value in and is tracking that to me is going from a motion crazed, you know, rat in a wheel, just you know, spinning with craziness to mm-hmm. actually getting out of the wheel and, and making progress on a journey. So uh, yeah. good, good stuff there. Yeah. So uh, let me tell you, that as you take action and as you get results, this final step that I'll, I'll share with you, I think is crucial to maintaining influence of others and and therefore leading others. And that is giving credit where credit is due, right? Uh, Now you are leading from a non-positional leadership role, but you always have the opportunity, whether it's privately or publicly, to give people credit for the work they're doing, right? So you've taken some action, it's delivering some results, and that action and results has influence on others. They're likewise taking some action and getting some results. As your team starts to enjoy these results coming in, or as your team actually achieves the goal or, or, or you know, uh, obtains the win, you have to give those people that followed you willingly credit for doing so, right? And, and if you're not in a position such that you're maybe giving some kind of presentation or some kind of summary or report out or something like that, then at a minimum, you're going to those individuals privately and saying, hey, we won. We achieved this goal, and you were a big part of that. Thank you so much for all you did. And and you try to be as specific as you can about the things that they did and how they contributed to the team and how they contributed to the win and and so forth. You've got to give those individuals credit 
or the action and the results that they also provided to this goal. Now, if you have the opportunity in some type of public forum, you've got to give that those team members credit in that public forum as well. And if you can name their names and all that, that's wonderful. But at this point in your non-positional leadership, the worst thing you can do is stand up publicly and say, look what I did. Look at what my leadership accomplished or something of that nature, right? You have to talk about and give credit to those other team members that, that provided the results that, you, that you're talking about or the, the, the achievement of the goal that you're talking about. And I see this all that, you know, I've been in church all of my life and, and to go back to that church analogy, uh, for those that don't know, inside, especially inside the Baptist church, a lot of things are done by committee. So the group will, or the, the congregation of the church will vote on and select, say, five, a five-member committee to go and, you know, and do something, right? And then that committee, that five-member committee meets and the first thing they do, they do is they elect a leader. And I'll tell you how they do this. They elect a leader by looking at who takes action and who gets results, right? And they say, all right, they, 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 you know, they knight that person. You're the leader of our committee. And then they go off and they do all the re- And then that five-person committee comes back to the, to the congregation, the broader church, and they're reporting on, on what they've done. And a good leader, when they get in front of the full congregation of the church, here's what they're going to say. They're going to say something like, I just want you to know that these five committee members were dedicated to this. They worked hard. They did, they did weekends. They worked nights. They did, right? They're going to talk about those other team members, and then they're going to talk about, and here's the result, right? Here's the goal, so forth. So even in those voluntary type positions, if you want to be a good leader, you're going to give the other team members credit for the work they've done. If, if, if you don't, you're going to begin, even though you're taking action and delivering results, you're going to begin to lose the influence because next time they'll be less willing to follow your lead. Give, giving credit is so important. It is so important to the, to the human psyche, to motivating people to achieve and accomplish more. It's those are credits and deposits into a bank account of a bank account of energy for people. And a, it's gotta, we've talked about this in other episodes. It's gotta be true, right? You just can't go around saying you're great. You're great. You're great. Everything's all, you're wonderful because now it's hollow and it's just the opposite effect that you're going to get out of it. But everyone expects leaders to give credit. Not, not all do. Right. We know those boomers in the 70s and the way some people think about it. You know, they don't give credit like they should, but we all expect leaders to give credit out. But what is really the expectation of a non positional leader on the on the org chart? A lot of people do. A lot of people do because they bring leadership to work with them. They don't need a title to do that. They, They live their life this way. And that's very easy for those people. And you, and you talked about it in your church, the committee of five people who gets action, who gets anointed the, the leader of this five person committee. Well, the person who takes action and the old adage, I don't think this is a Southern term. It could be, but I don't think it is. If it is. Yeah. You know, it sucks to be good, right? That's (laughs) it's true. Those people who step up, step into the situation, understand what needs to be done are have demonstrated or have shown the capability to take meaningful action to move the 
ball down the court to score the basket to get the result. And I know you're basketball, so I had to throw that in there. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what I do. I'm multi-talented that way. Yeah, you actually sound like you know you are you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And it's, so when you are anointed with that responsibility, you can certainly go say, look what I've done. They made me the leader. I'm the one that caused all this to happen. And you know what? That may be true. Shh. That may be true because the other four on that team of five, they kind of, when they said, well, the one who can lead us through this, please step up. You stayed still. The other four took steps back. (laughs) Right. Be the case. Right. And now there's a gap. And a lot of times people are not comfortable in those positions. They're not comfortable with that responsibility. And that's okay. Everybody's different. But naturally to give credit to the team, regardless of who really lifted the heaviest brick is so important because that builds the team dynamic. It builds all of the goodness that the organization really has to have to be effective. If you have one or two people out there, if Michael and I were just out there claiming credit for everything and First of all, that couldn't happen because I don't think we know enough to go do too much. But but if we just claim credit for everything, can you imagine the resentment that goes through the organization around us? You'll never hear it, maybe. Maybe you will. But there will be this undertone of of the suggestive stuff that goes on under the surface. And that is no way to to lead your life, to affect and influence others, to get results, to drive actions. It's so important. Leadership is a is a way of thinking, acting, and operating. Being a leader in an organization is an org chart, a role, a title, and a pay yeah. structure. They are two different things, but you can have leaders on both sides. And unfortunately, you can have leaders by pay who don't know how to lead themselves out of a paper bag. And that's the way I think about that. Yeah, so one one quick analogy, too, I want to share here. You know, I talked about earlier leadership. Everybody's in leadership. You're influencing somebody. And I talked about children and, and, you know, inside the marriage and that kind of thing. But think about this. So you've got two parents, and they have three small children. And I'm using this analogy because this was me. Now, I know you got a whole busload of children as well. But now I've got three teenagers. Um, but think about now when these when these guys were eight and 10 and 12. And then mom and I, we wanted to get the children to help us clean the house. Okay. So if we sat on the sofa and said, Hey, go clean the house. And we didn't take any action. Do you think those children would go do that? Not a chance, right? We had to get off the sofa and we had to go clean with them. Right. So I'm taking the action. And then as we're cleaning a room and we, when we point out to them, we show them, look how this is different. Look at the results of this, right? And then when the house is clean, we give give those children all sorts of accolades about, oh, thank you so much. You worked so hard. You did so good. And maybe we even give them a treat. Maybe we go to ice cream or something like that. But we give them credit for all the hard work they did. Next time we want them to help clean the house, we'll have much more influence over them to clean the house. But again, even next time we're doing the action, we're showing the results and we're giving them credit. It works with our children and it works with those at work. It works with those in a voluntary role like at church or, or wherever it might be. If you're going to lead from a non-positional type of leadership, 
this is how you're going to do it. You're going to influence others with actions, results, giving credit. Yeah, life is an organization, period. Yes. Life is an organization. You have a home organization, a church organization, a a work organization where you get paid to do a specific job or role. Everything in life is an organization. Every organization needs leaders. Is that you? Are you getting paid or not? Doesn't matter. Are you a leader who can advance the organization, be it your home, your children, and listening to you talk about the cleaning and the ice cream, all I know is you probably have a whole lot less ice cream now than you used to. (laughs) We we divvied out a lot of ice cream. I can only (laughs) imagine. Well, good good stuff, my friend. Good conversation about this. Uh, You ready to, to roll back to behind the scenes? Yeah, let's jump behind the scenes. You know, I think one of the first things, uh, well, I want to hear a little bit about uh, some of your course and, and some of the things that you're doing, but I thought maybe behind the scenes too, we would let our audience in on uh, some of the thoughts and some of the discussions that you and I've had about what is the future of this particular podcast and other podcasts maybe in the future as well. You know, two, I think it was two episodes ago, we talked with our audience in a very open and vulnerable way about our numbers and about, you know, what we were, what we hope to accomplish with this podcast and things like that. And, and so behind the scenes, you know, over the last couple of weeks, you and I have, we've separately been thinking through this. Uh, we've had discussions about, uh, you know, what should we do? Uh, because as leaders, we're looking at the data and, and we, the data is suggesting that we need to do something different. We need to take some change. Right. And, and so as, you know, as a leader, not that we're still talking about leadership, but as a leader, you got to look at the data. And if the data suggests you need to make a change, then you need to make a change. And so that's what we've been doing. We've been looking at the data. We've been talking about, well, what are those changes that we need to make? And so I, I would just, for, for the sake of this behind the scenes in this episode, I'd say to our audience, there's more to come. Stephen and I, we've been talking about some things. And yes, there are going to be some changes. And we're going to take the time probably over the next few episodes to unravel that for you and let you know what those are, you know, as we, you know, as we build more details around what those changes are, and we're obviously going to share that with you, the listener and the the audience here. Uh, But that's been a lot of the, you know, behind the scenes as it relates behind the scenes of this podcast for you and I. So I just say the audience, stay tuned. There'll be some changes and, and, you know, Stephen and I both hope that there are changes that better aligns with ways that we can serve you. And, and that's really the key, right? It's we want to serve, we want to reach people, we want to give good content, we want to provide good content. We also want to be transparent and talk about our journey. And that's what a big part of this podcast is, is, is unpacking and discussing the, the real unfiltered journey that we're on, the good, the bad, and a lot of the ugly, and with me, I know, I'll speak for myself, there's been a lot of bad and a lot of ugly because I am figuring this out. And it's just something that we do. Looking forward to talking about that, Michael, and I'll unpack that over the next few episodes here and, and gain a lot of clarity, clarity around what that looks like. But it's going to be all good, all positives, I believe, and it'll, it'll take us into a different and equally positive direction. Now, Behind the scenes, for me, you asked me the question. So for me, my first official launch of my Army Promotion Points course hits tomorrow. I went into a, an intentional launch to a start date trying to say, let's put a stake in the ground. Let's, let's commit to this. We're going to, you know, come hell or high water. We're going to go deliver on this. And, 
I've had a lot of emotional ups and downs through the last month in preparing for this, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of just looking in the mirror, wondering, uh, am I doing the right thing, adding the right value to content? And, and I'm a perpetual overthinker and, uh, and, paint and put a lot of pressure on myself. That's just the nature of my, my makeup and personality. But tomorrow we are launching. I have three students in the course. It's been a, a wild journey. I have everything locked and loaded for the first week to drip all the content out. I'm still uh, thinking about better ways to serve and connect with people to make this, even though it's a course, even though it's it's not a community. I know you do your Mighty Networks uh, Credible Leaders community. I think that's awesome. For this, this is more of a course. You have courses within your community, but this being a course for me, I'm taking an approach where I'm thinking this is a course first and a community Second, where we have the capability within the course to share feedback and comments and ask questions. And for me to think about how do I point people towards using those tools to create a community like atmosphere with like minded people all striving to get to the same place as using this course as a vehicle. I think I can create a backside community within the course that I think will differentiate just content like okay do step one two and three so i'm thinking about that i learned a lot about that from watching what you're doing with your community and and you know the the there's no magic here it's it's trial and error it's think of it as we go and oh that didn't work stop do something different and ready to launch tomorrow i'm really nervous about it just because i haven't done a launch before i don't know what to expect i don't know uh, what the feedback will be, if any feedback. So I'm, I'm kind of a little bit on pins and needles there, but looking forward to taking a step forward, talking about action today, taking a step forward and seeing where this now goes. Yeah, man, I, I'm super excited about tomorrow and you, you better know I'll be checking in with you tomorrow and, and see how things are going. But you know, you, you've shown me uh, a good bit of the content that you have in this course and, and just the, the level of professionalism that you're putting into you know, recording it and providing all the, the downloads and everything that you, that you're providing. It's just a it's super high level of professionalism. So, so I, I'd say you, you've done a fabulous job of putting this, this course together. And, and, you know, I'm just one of those old dumb Marines, but you're putting this together in such a way that the content is understandable. Somehow you're making the department of defense and their rules and regulations, the, the big, huge machine that it is, you're making that understandable to the 22, 25-year-old that is out there just trying to, to get a promotion so that they can better support their family. And you're doing a phenomenal job of it. And, and I, you've showed me some of the comments, too, from the students that you, they're super excited about tomorrow. They haven't even seen the course yet but they're already telling you they're excited to be there tomorrow. And that's just because you're providing these guys hope that they can get the promotion that they deserve. So kudos to you, man. I, again, I will be checking in with you tomorrow for sure because I want to see how it goes because I'm super excited. Thanks, man. Looking forward, looking forward to it. And that, that positive feedback, what are you doing, my friend? What's going on with you? So I am, um, you know, I've talked about a couple of times here on the podcast, uh, the last couple of weeks about kind of the middle of the funnel and leading into a, a course. And so uh, this past week I had a, a couple of webinars and I had a few uh, attendees. You, you were, you were, you graced us with there. 
as well as a couple of others uh, were in the uh, the webinar. You know, in reality is it wasn't huge numbers in the webinar, um, but I certainly feel like the content was there. It was all it was all good. I got a lot of great feedback from those of you that were in the uh, in the webinar related to you know just agreement on the stuff that I was teaching there uh, and so forth. So where I'm at right now is I have to go back and do a an after action review of you know what did all that look like? Could I've done a better job in certain areas uh, and, and so forth? But uh, I'm marching on. Um, my course is going to be launched on September the first, and so I will uh, I will have that available. Uh, and it'll be a, a course around building team trust within your team. So I'm I'm kind of marching down the same path you are. You're just two weeks ahead of me, roughly. Um, but I'm marching towards that. But as I march towards that, I want to look back at this this webinar, this middle of the funnel activity that I did, and just make sure if if there's things I could do better next time. I want to make sure to do them better. Yeah, you're doing a lot of great stuff, and and like I I, th I think with me. Um, and it's easy for me to say this about you because I'm outside of the bottle looking into you versus, you know, it's, I don't see these things with myself. It's this all, all there. Sometimes there's just no quick way to get to what success looks like, right? You have to put in yes. the energy, the effort, the work, the things that don't work well or convert the things that you stumble on that become surprises. There's no quick way to become this, as we always talk about overnight success and, and I don't know, I just don't know how we get there without all of these trial and errors and listening and reading things and following people. I don't know an easier, better, faster way to get there other than going through the wickets of figuring this stuff out. That's why everyone is not an entrepreneur. That's why everyone out there is, isn't just driving all this income by, you know, eating uh, bonbons and sitting back watching the the sun go down every day. It's just, it's just not, it's hard work. It's, I say it all the time. I'm a broken record. This journey of entrepreneurial awareness and awakening is hard work. And I get it. I get it and appreciate it more than ever, uh, every day that goes by. But the things that you're doing around team trust, one thing I know listening to your webinar and seeing the content is that is that you are an expert in the area. It's the content is very good. The content serves the audience that needs help and team trust. The key for us is with yours, as with mine is we've got to figure out how to get it in front of the right people, the right That's number exactly right. of people, right? It's great to get it in front of one person, two people, but we need like six or seven zeros after that one, because Math doesn't lie. We know the funnel exactly right. It's going to take X traffic to get X conversions, to get X purchases. And it's a math situation and we've got to reach people. And I, I struggle with that. And I'm learning a lot by watching you. And, and it's just something that I think that, that you and I, for example, feed off each other because we're in such similar places of trying to grow an audience. Yeah. You know, totally right. I mean, it, it is, it is hard work. You know what? The house doesn't get clean while you sit on the sofa, to use the analogy I was using earlier. You got to get up and do the work. Uh, and the business doesn't get built, you know, by us just sitting around hoping people will come to a webinar. We got to do the work. And, you know, occasionally you do the work and, and it's crickets. You get radio silence. You don't get anybody. Uh, 
um, on a webinar. Uh, and when that happens, you got to go back and you got to figure out, well, what went wrong? What can I do better? And, 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 you know, try, try, try again. Um, and so that's, that's definitely where I'm, where I am there. Um, but as I said, I, I'm definitely also marching forward. The course is going to be ready on the first and it's going to be available to folks. And then, um, I can learn from my mistakes and, and figure out that, that funnel to get people to, to the course, you know, leadership is in my wheelhouse, marketing, advertising, those kind of things. Not so much. All I know is if people don't get in and get it at $49, shame on you because Michael is done with people that don't get it for 49 bucks. It's going up. That's right. It's going up. It's going up September the 1st. Yeah. But now is the time. If you've ever thought that trust is something in your team that you need to get better at, if it's something that you think you might need to get better at in the future, it's your next job that you don't even have yet. 49 bucks is a way to put that course in the bank, lifetime access, and you will have it to refer to when you do need to pull it out. So think about that. It's not always what you need today. It's products and resources that come at the right value that you can get now, stick into the bank, call on and call out whenever you need them in the future. And you've saved yourself uh, time, money, and you know, frustration by not having a ready resource to lean on. So that's something I think about as well. You want to button this up? Yeah, let's do that. So, um, so from a leadership standpoint, so you don't have a title, you don't have a position, you're not in the, in the right spot in the org chart. That doesn't matter. You can be a leader. Influence others with actions, results, giving them credit. And then for us here at the podcast, head, head over to leaderpreneurshow.com. Leaderpreneurshow.com. You'll find the show notes for today's podcast episode there. And then everything that is Stephen Faust with his Army Promotion Points and everything else he's doing, you can find that at stephenfaust.com. And then as always, you can find me over at Credible Leadership or CredibleLeaders.com. You'll find links over to the community and this podcast and other things that I'm doing there as well. So head over to leader or CredibleLeaders.com for that. Until Stephen and I speak to you next week, which will be episode number 47. Be blessed and lead well.